All right, Inside Golf Podcast. This is a special episode with my good friend Scott Holdridge, deep diving the career of none other than John Mayer. As always, this podcast is presented by RickRunGood.com. We will be back talking golf later in the week with Degenerate75 on Twitter, who's a professional DraftKings player. But no golf talk on this one at all. It is, however, an absolute banger of a podcast. All right, without further ado, let's bring on Scott to talk some John Mayer. All right, Scott Holdridge is here to talk some John Mayer with me. Scott, it is a uh, it is a pleasure. We've been circling the wagons on this one for quite a while. I don't know how many people are uh, are going to be listening to this one. I'm putting it at the end of the Valero Texas Open, but shout out to all those that are sticking around for it. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. I mean, I always get hit up during Valero week. Let's put it that way. No, one thing I did want to ask, I was like, Andy, are the rumors true? People want to know: Are you, you do you actively carry but use a two iron? Is this? Yeah, true? I do. I sure do, and I love it. I hit it off the tee a lot. Like a lot of people that I play with the first time are like, "You're really not going to hit driver here," and I'm like, "No, nope, no need to. I hit the two iron a lot." The, the butter knife. That's very tell me a fuck without telling me you fuck type of vibes, bud. You want to hear one more thing too? Not a graphite shaft, steel shaft too. My man, my man, don't fuck around. Mass, massive dick energy with that the one. The amount steel, of back you shaft. put on mattresses. <laughs> just by like, hey, what's up? They're like, who the fuck is it? I, I use a two iron. I'm like, all right, game over. I've got, I, I, it's over before it starts usually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like John Mayer should be interviewing you at this point. <laughs> Which I'm expecting to be the case this weekend with, with Kirshner and Powers. Oh, I heard. I was talking to Powers, who I'm sure, as everyone knows, is now my best friend. No, we haven't met or have each other's phone number, but I, I secretly have a goal. Like, if I ever take down like a GPP or something, like and get married, I want to like fly all my Twitter boys out. Like, are these college buddies or is like, oh no, they're my Twitter buddies. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I have not. I've met a lot of Twitter people at this point. Yeah. Actually, I have not had one bad experience. I've not had uh, one. I've not had one time where I'm like, ah, this guy was kind of cool and online, kind of a fucking weirdo in person. Well, I can't not, not one in person. To, can't wait to ruin that <laughs> of us in person. Yeah. Well, all right. We should probably get to mayor at some point. Here's where I want to start with you. Yes. G- give me a little background because you're a musician. I asked you a couple months ago, I said, what's your take on Mayer? And you were basically like, how much time do you have? So give me a little background on, on your, yeah. uh, your relationship to Mayer, we'll say. Well, it's funny you say that because that day I had talked to our beloved friend Rob at The Approach and mm. he, uh, he was like, oh, Scotty, San Francisco. So he knew I'd lived and spent a lot of time there. He's like, Grateful Dead, what do you, th- like, you must be a great, and I just like roasted the Grateful Dead because I hate the Grateful Dead. Was that and on then, The Approach? I think I watched uh, it. was on Wednesday. I think it was on the, uh, I, I, I think I heard you say that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge Dead guy. Andy, so I kind of lose track. <laughs> I'm a bit, of, I'm, a, I'm basically a two iron of a podcaster at this point. 
but he asked me that and then i was at a rehearsal that night and then a message from you popped up it's like interested to hear your thoughts on mayor and i was like are people fucking with me today like what is, did they talk to the girlfriend or my boy like what happened but i think my uh i remember mayor coming up basically after his debut and back then it's you know pre-youtube pre-streaming services so yeah just kind of rolling stone articles and word of mouth and he was kind of pegged as dave matthews meets stevie ray vaughn and um I, I was kind of interested and so i saw him between the time like we bought the tickets and went to see him in la it was like ex- absolutely exploded like it was yeah. kind of crazy so I assume this is probably around 2002, 2001, 2002-ish, I think, yeah. Room for Squares came out in 2001. And so yeah. that was Your Body is Wonderland, which I think right. is where you kind of generally, where most people generally started with him. Yeah, so that's like, yeah, that, Neon, some other ones. Not a lot of like his guitar chop style album. No, he was a baby. He was a baby. He hadn't, he yeah. hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah. I mean, he had it in the bag. Like he, you know, he's definitely put the work in and all that, but to get to your question, yeah. Like playing bands, uh, on and off forever, teach guitar a little bit. And, um, yeah, definitely like a student of guitar, especially these last, I don't know, five, six years, it's been nonstop. Yeah. So do you, as a student of guitar, like, do you have do you how much respect do you have for him as as a guitarist because i feel like a lot of smart guitar people are like this guy's a fucking master but at the same time a lot of people are like it's john fucking mayor yeah i think i don't i think when people throw around the word great i hold that in a different regard of it's like mount rushmore style like jay reinhardt uh hendrix Scotty Holdridge. Uh, <laughs> no, like, like kind of my goats, you know what I mean? Like, great, you know, like change the fucking game type of guitar player. Yeah. I mean, John Mayer is like really good, but he's also kind of the highest compliment you can give a musician is you, you don't see them. You just hear them and you just go, Oh, that's Elmore James or that's yes. Derek Strux, or that's, you know, Tony Williams on drums. You know what I mean? Like, Yes. Stuff like that. But when I hear John Mayer, it's sort of, it's kind of like karaoke impersonator because he's so in obsessed with like Stevie Ray Vaughan and all these other players that it's not like I'm not hearing John Mayer essentially toning guitar. I just hear a guy who's like kind of doing other people's stuff and he does it unbelievably, like better than I could even come close to. But it's also not like I hear it and I go, oh, that's John Mayer. No, that that's no, that it sense? completely makes sense. That's a fair point. And I think some of like some of his best guitar riffs, like going back, we both saw him live, by the way, yeah, in, yeah. The past, in the past week. And like, I think the best stuff that he does on guitar is when he does like the Jimi Hendrix cover, Bold as Love. Right. Oh, yeah. That's, and, that, and, yeah and, that's really stu- and stuff like that. Right. And it's like, you're right. Those aren't necessarily. There's, those aren't John Mayer originals. I'll give you right. a hot take on why I think that is, though. And this is, we can segue into talking about kind of his career arc. But I think he came out in 2001 and Your Body is a Wonderland came out. And it was 
this sensation, right? And he became so quickly this teen heartthrob, right? And then he he uh, he releases his second album right after that, and it's it's all about daughters, right? And he fucking hates that song, by the way. Like he does not like playing daughters in concert ever. And I think after those, after he started his career that way, he made, he wanted to make such an effort to get away from like teen pop sensation. And I think that's why he, and he's had all these different phases. Did he though? Like, did he? You know what I, I mean? I, I Elaborate on that. Well, just, I think if you listen to just his arc as a songwriter, lyricist, it doesn't seem that way if that makes sense like i i listen to stuff from 2001 and stuff now today and it's kind of like you don't hear this huge like departures or growth essentially if that's i think it's perception too right because i think i think songs on songs on room for there are a couple songs on room for squares that i think are fucking awesome yeah but i think it's i think it's how he he got pegged and then he has this very like weird relationship with the media and we can get into some of that stuff oh, too. God, that'll be hour three of this <laughs> Zoom call. And with- he's he's like one of the first Twitter guys too. Like he's one of the first guy. He had a at one point he had a MySpace, MySpace a Tumblr, yeah, yeah. writer. For- yeah, he was a writer. He was um, doing all these things. So he really got caught up in like right as the internet was taking off. Yeah. That was kind of right at the intersection of of Mayor. Yeah, his kind of career and yeah, just sort of storyline is amazing because he's seen so much different parts of like what is a career, what's a music career now, and you know how accessible you are and things of that. But oh my god, yeah, I think I I mean to get back like yeah, really good guitar player, but he's not changing the game, and he's not you know he does some great stuff. He can implement stuff so easily and quickly where he was doing he did this little quick thing that was like a nod to eddie van halen at one point it's called tapping where he just like these harmonics and it's like this weird sound you're and they're kind of like that's really cool and interesting i mean not not necessarily something i'm interested to interested in but it's that's impressive but it's kind of like there's this bag of kind of guitar parlor tricks that you can use that all stem from you know, T-Bone Walker and Chuck Berry that are kind of flashy and stuff. They're sort of like a flop shot where like essentially it's like that looks cool and it's amazing. But when you really get down to it, it's like, oh, this isn't that hard. Like what? Yeah. Or it's not that necessary or or necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, to just kind of wrap that up. How many people do you think are listening at this point? Go. We've probably, we started at like seven and we're probably down to two now. Okay, cool. And we we haven't even gotten to the watch collection yet. <laughs> oh fuck me! One of his like most popular videos is of him talking about watches. Like, damn! Since since we're here, I want to get to this. I want to ask you if you knew about this because I found this out. So he he's got like a twenty million dollar watch collection. He knows all the like serial numbers and shit. Yeah, which includes a Patek Philippe. With I love watches too. He, which includes a Patek Philippe with a Sky Moon Turbulon. That's like a $3 million. It's like one of the most rare watches. <laughs> Listen, it gets better. He served as the juror 
at yes, whatever the fuck this, this is. You read this too, right? His Wikipedia page is it's a, unbelievable. It's, 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 it's like it's fucking masterful. It's like this weird screenwriter on acid. Like what? You did what? So he served as the juror at the Grand Prix de Halargerie Genève, which is a Swiss. <laughs> which Can you is imagine a, like? He's you just finish. sitting there in Geneva judging you watches. Look, oh, like you look over and you're like, is that John Mayer? Like, sure enough. Like, of course. I mean, I respect that. I think that's my favorite part is just like goofiness. And it's just like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Like what a great story to have. To wrap up on the watch stuff, he wrote a, he writes a column for Hodinkee, which is a watch oh, website. Big, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in 2015, he wrote an open letter to IWC, which is a watch brand, encouraging IWC, this is John Mayer writing a watch brand, encouraging them to embrace their heritage, scale the product line down in terms of model variants and simplify the design language. That sounds like something I would write to Data Golf. Simplify the model variants. How dare you? There was one, there was another one too, where he got into it with this famed watch dealer. Did you read about that? Of course. He, he, like, he, he sued him. Bullshit. He's afraid they're suing him. He, apparently he's like, he had to say, no, this is all legit. Yeah. It was like, oh, I got that in my notes. He sued uh, Robert Marin for $700,000. Yeah. And then he was wrong. <laughs> Just whatever John Mayer's assistant is getting paid needs to be like tripled. Cause just a day in the life. It has to be bonkers. I'm going to blow your mind. So I actually have a little bit of a connection to John Mayer. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So I've told you before, my dad used to work at Sony Music. Um, So so they had some some interlap there. My mom, you'll love this. My mom met him at a party. And my mom said to me. She ruined your parents' marriage? Just wait. He said, she's, she will never, this happened 15 years ago. She will oh never forget this story. She said, John Mayer walked up to her and said, you look like all four sex in the city women wrapped into one. Oh, I mean, that's a hall pass. Right? Mama Lack, do what you want there. No judgment. She, she has never, she talks about it all the time. Well, how could you not? I'm going to tell people this story. <laughs> God damn. She's like been there before. She get she used to date Don Henley of the Eagles back in the day. So oh, she's going to love that I'm sharing all this with the with the world. Oh, but yeah, she she like get she like gets it and she's still like that was the greatest so compliment good. I've ever received in my life. I'll never forget it. Oh my god. I'm using that by the way. <laughs> you look like all four sex in the city women wrapped That's into one. Unbelievable. That that might have changed my opinion. Like, so I've gone so back and forth with this dude of just like, oh, I hate him. We're like, no, he's misunderstood. He's great. And then that right there might. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, man. All right. So, so I want to go, I want to go a little chronologically here. So, room for squares, in or out. Like, I, this album has Your Body is a Wonderland. It has Why Georgia, which I think oh. is fucking incredible. It has so? no, it has no, I just love that song and he okay. never plays it, but this is the album that gets him on the map. He wins a Grammy. <laughs> this is, I just showed you my page one. I have every album. I'm like, 
Uh, me too. Yeah. I have them okay. all. Um, so he wins a Grammy in 2003 for Your Body is a Wonderland. I don't, I don't give a shit what people say. I think Your Body is a Wonderland is fucking great. I, this, this, the line, Scott, I love the shape you take when crawling towards the pillowcase. Done. Unbelievable stuff. Back on a mattress right there. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff. What that's, a line. That's pretty good. I even, I think, I think that song's great. I think, uh, what is it? I got no such thing. I, I just have in quotes, very 90s. Like that yeah. sound makes me remind of the 90s. Georgia, I've said, is stringing like a, he's straining vocally. He's like trying too hard to sound like. Oh, so you're voice. out on Georgia. This is good. I like what it's we the vocal the way that's recorded and sound like, and I think this, I mean, conspiracy theory sky, I think this is what led to his vocal. He's like yes. straining, like trying to have that like deep Stevie Ray vibe. Yeah. Uh, I, we will get to that era too. What okay. is it called? Well, the I, Mel- 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 I, have, I have like vocal o- overdubs is something he does a lot where it's like this, I, I'm out on. Yeah. The, um, he does it in the the T Swift one too. Half of my heart. Half of my heart. Where he's like, yeah. "Stop loving you." Can't it's stop. Like, Dude, that it's so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. But then I have like bodies of one of is great with that like middle instrumental yeah. part, and he's doing like these octavy six or something like very West Montgomery. I was like, "That's cool. That's a cool groove that no one talks about. People rip him for it. Like, oh, this corny lyrics or songwriting. It's like." Dude, he's like, what's he there, 23? Yeah, he's young because he's 44 now. So he was... That's crazy to me. He looks good, man. But that's just crazy. Like, damn, John Mayer has been a part of my life. I know. For a long time. I know. Um, So, like, at a bird's eye view, do you you like that album? I'm not going to ask you to rank all the albums one through eight, but, like, where does it kind of fall with you? I kind of get, I get why people, I actually asked one of my kind of music mentors who I thought was going to rip it. He loves it. Really? Like, I wish he did. He st- stuck on this track. I'm kind of out just because of the record, like the actual sound of it is too like nineties. Yeah. You know, you think about the times too. It's like, okay, computers out back. Odalay's out like crazy sounds are going on. You know who he, do you like, know who he went on tour with? His first tour was with. Of course I do, but I'll let you tell everyone. No, I have no idea. Counting Crows, which I thought was interesting. Ah. Do you like Counting Crows? No. Really? No, come on. What are we doing here? Let's go. <laughs> I love Counting Andy. Crows. <laughs> it's another, that's another podcast. Oh, He's my also, God. That guy, talk about it. Oh, we can, of we can that do that one. Adam, yeah. Right? That yeah. guy is like, no wonder. This is where John learned all this. It's like, hey, um, bag every hot celebrity. Yeah, they both did. I think Adam did Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston back to back. And then, and then Mayer love. did. Yeah. Love, they didn't did. Did as in date. Did as in date. He yeah, went he, 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 he went he went from, from Courtney Cox to Jennifer Aniston and then Mayer did Jennifer Aniston too. Um, uh-huh. that's it that's another uh-huh. crazy one. Did you uh, we're getting so sad. Did you listen to the, do you listen to Bill? Did you ever listen to the Bill Simmons? He did like a two hour interview with Adam Durrance, the counting crows guy. No, that's a pot. It's another podcast for us. Okay, at one I'll point. Listen. Yeah. Um, anyway, anything else on room for squares before we get into? Uh, I just thought it was kind of, I mean, 
I think it's a it's like an amazing debut album. Yeah. It's like, you know, debuts are sometimes they're really easy because it's like you've had your whole life to write it and the second album is always the toughest. I don't know. But overall it's not it's not my favorite of his, no. Oh, so he, heavier things. So he does heavier things next. I think it's underrated. Really? Okay, make Absolutely. the case. I think Clarity is so good. Clarity's awesome. I, I have a thing. I was like, I wish he saved Clarity for a continuum. I know. If he opened with that, and, <laughs> well, I know we'll get to continuum, but like if he cut one other song and didn't open with Clarity instead of the uh, Waiting on the World Change, like that album's an all timer. Yeah. Like, I think that's good. Yeah. It's a little. Where's my goddamn page of notes on John Mayer's heavier things? Do you think he switches with this one? Like you notice him aging or kind of I, uh just more production wise, yeah. He's getting yeah. he's getting savvier, he's trying to change directions, but then it's also kind of disjointed, it's a little all over the place. Yeah. Um, it's not as cohesive, but it's also I think it's just more interesting. He starts doing, um, like at this point, he starts doing yeah. some jazz and blues stuff. He starts like performing with Buddy Guy and Herbie Hancock a little bit. Dude. And I, I think he was trying to like, I stand by my take that I think he was trying to get away from Your Body as a Wonderland and oh, that Jennifer Love Hewitt music video. But Buddy Guy, like, I mean, if anyone's actually listening, it's like, I could talk about him all day. He's underrated. He is so goddamn good. Um. He did an album, Sweet Tea, 2001, that is will knock your... Yeah. Don't you, don't you think that mus- music is kind of like golf in the sense where, like, I remember with, with Taylor Gooch, all the golfers were, like, Homo was like, no, this guy's a fucking... This guy's a beast. Like, yes. this guy's really good. I feel like the fact that all these people are down to collaborate with Mayer means something. Because he's t- he's done stuff with everyone. I mean, this time I'm looking at my notes. He does. He even starts working with like Kanye and Common on some stuff. Mm. Oh yeah, he did the background vocal on. Yeah, which is like one of my favorite. Com- yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I don't know. That's fair. That's an interesting take. I didn't think of that. I also think there's other things like when Clapton talks about him. It's like the setting is. Mayer's playing on this tribute album that yeah. him on. So it's like he's not gonna contact you know what I mean? He's yeah. not gonna talk shit. So I kind of wonder that because it's it's good for both careers type of thing. Like I'm sure your pops has probably like way more insight on that of why people work together when they work together. But I think in the blues community, which is like my diehard shit, yeah, it does say a lot. Like he is really good. He's he can play. He knows his history. He knows his shit. Yeah. It's sort of the choices he makes as like John Mayer, the brand and stuff musically is kind of puzzling. But when he's like a guest spot, like live or something, he'll, he'll blow your face off. In or out on daughters. Oh, fuck. This song was played at every, so like going to bar mitzvahs, like this yeah. in New York city, this song was at every single bar mitzvah, like the the first the first dance with the father and the daughter. Oh my god, that's pretty good. So you hate it? I, I like. He, okay, here's what I think. He, I tend to notice. I've seen him six times, and I yeah. tend to notice he will 
either play daughters or your body is a wonderland. He will never play both. He's talked about how he doesn't like either of those songs, but he knows he has to give the fans either one of them. And usually it's your body is a wonderland, but I don't think he loves the song. Um, Hmm. I I'm okay on it. I think it's, I think it's, I like clarity better. Clarity's so good. Yeah. Those horns. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Clarity's clarity's fucking awesome. It's like spaced really nice. Oh my God. That's like, it's, it's sort of that kind of, Oh, here's what's to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. I was listening to that the other day and I was like, this album's got some sneaky, really good stuff on it, but just gets bagged on because of daughters. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. Writing a catchy pop hit is one of the hardest musical things to do. Yeah. Well, people, people like think it's, no. It, it won song of the year at the Grammys. I don't know if that means anything, but it won song of the year at the I Grammys. I mean, it definitely doesn't, but yeah, no, I talked to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I don't care. It's like, dude, this guy, I mean, he knows what he's doing. You know what yeah. I mean? We all know what we're doing when we're doing it. Yeah. So for him to kind of like bag on old songs, I think is a little unfair. Continue. You were in the room. You know what you're doing. Like you're writing songs to get laid. It works. Like can't get mad at yourself. Yeah. So here, I think that also like Radiohead didn't play creep for, I don't know how long, you know what I mean? Yeah. That is a thing. Like I get it. You played it every night for several years. Are you big? Are you big Radiohead guy? Uh, I'm at, I'm, I've been out for a while cause I feel like they've been making the same album for like four albums. Yeah. Um, but I mean, groundbreaking fearless, like to go from okay computer, which is sort of at an old teacher tell me this once he's like, this is kind of your Sergeant Pepper, whether you realize it or see it or not. And yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it, but like sonically, you know, sound wise, it's like, Oh my God, this is unreal. And then to go from that, in abandoning being the next U2 basically yeah. fame success wise to go to that, to kid a, I think is just, that takes a lot of courage and that takes a lot of guts and a lot of belief and that it. Yeah. I think that's unreal. I'm a big true love weights guy. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, it's a good one, but that song has been around for like, yeah, it's one of their, it's one of their older, it's one of their older ones. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I feel like they've just kind of like now the riskiest thing Radiohead could do is play guitars and do verses and choruses. Yeah. You know, it's all this like whatever Tom York's feeling in a laptop. Like, come on guys. So we'll save the Radiohead yeah, talk we'll, for Muta championship week. <laughs> <laughs> isn't there a guy who is like doing a i'm not trying to step on this guy isn't there a guy who does now like a music golf collaboration podcast i think yeah, i've definitely seen I'm this furious i didn't think of just like the two things i'm obsessive about <laughs> no. and i was like so mad no i know exactly what you're talking about you know what i'm talking about right i think he's a yeah. really great guy i i can look it up at some point but no anyway. uh golf no no that's wiley Ugh. Yeah. no i don't know um continuum uh, so, you know, I think this is his best album. I think a lot of people do. I think waiting on the world to change is, it is my least favorite song of his ever. I hate that song, but vultures. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. I just, uh, I hate that music video where he's like, he's, 
he's uh it's black yeah, and white are- it's black and white and i just like oh i'm gonna like try and say something right now but like it, it's just it's not coming off the it doesn't seem authentic whatsoever i just i feel like i should be saying something it's like uh, i just it felt very contrived to me it's interesting because that song when people when i ask just talk to people who are like fans i feel like diehards really hate that song oh yeah we do we hate that song Oh, now you're speaking for all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We hate that song. No. Yeah. I know. What do other people say about it? Because I mean, I think it's like cool groove. Like the one of my the favorite solos of the night when I saw him at Chase Center uh, was by Isaiah, his guitar player. Mm, He's a beast. Yeah, that guy's a man. Like he's played on D'Angelo's shit. It's like who the fuck are you, dude? Yeah, he's good. It was like so interesting. I was looking over. I looked over John Mayer. John Mayer's watching him, just like. This guy's unreal. But yeah, I think I can see why people don't like it because it is kind of whiny. It's just, yeah. this, man, just waiting on the world to change. So like, get in the fucking ring. <laughs> like, go. Like, come on, man. I think that's what my reading of why people get frustrated with. He's it. like, he's like walking around New York in black and white. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dude. Yeah, some yeah, some of his videos. It's are like, wrong. why are you taking yourself so seriously, man? It's I I don't know. I I just like okay. I, I don't love that one, but I do love vultures. I do love belief. I do love slow dancing in a burning room. And I think as a complete product, I think it is bottom to top his best album. I mean, I I think a lot. Of, I'm sure diehards do, but the credit I think should a lot of credit should go to Pino. Yep. This and, uh, is this is when John Mayer trio forms. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. It's like John Mayer is like you clearly have like amazing taste. You know what I mean? But like he's got really good taste. How it in, interpret? I mean, great taste. Watches now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, yeah, exactly. Um, shout out, mom. <laughs> mama, look. Um, Charlotte, mama, Charlotte, laugh. Um, <laughs> But I think I actually don't like vultures because I think it's just like him whining about being famous. Oh my god! Then you probably don't like in your atmosphere either because that's like the same vibe. So yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go to LA anymore. I'm over it. Uh, well, that's fair because I I kind of do enjoy that song because I know that's one of your all timers. It's my favorite song. Yeah, but yeah. I think vulture is just like I don't know. Like, I'm noticing a theme because he goes he goes kind of high on that one. And I and that was your that was your thing on no such thing too. Oh, like falsetto, like he just yeah, dun, dun, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Where he kind of mimics the guitar line melody too. He does that a lot, which is like yeah, it, when it works, it works. Yeah, yeah. I think it. it I'm kind of bummed that that's his best. I think there's other parts of albums where it's there's better stuff on it, but. Yeah, that's got to be his. What, what do all the fans you, you know and talk to? They they always go gravitate to it? I think so. Because I just think, like, belief is so strong. Um, I love Stop This Train, too. Oh, yeah. Stop This Train's great. Um, Find Another You, I think, is really good. Because that's like yep. a very yeah. that's a classic blues format. In Repair, Dreaming with a Broken Heart, and Bold as Love. I just think that there are most John Mayer albums have like three to four really good songs. 
And I think this one has like seven. And it's also, it's the, it's an album. You know what yes. I mean? It's not, because, you know, he's in that area where things change in recording as far as the album idea and concept isn't start to finish. Yeah. Type of thing. It's like, all right, let's get a couple hits and then blah, 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 fillers. This yeah. This is like very, and this is kind of a gap too, because heavier things like 2003, this is 2006. Yeah. End of, end of 2005, I think. Yeah. This is, well, it, I think it, yeah, because 2007, it comes in this 2007 Grammys. So yeah, probably start of 2006. Um, and this is where, well, technically my favorite album is, I, it doesn't really count because it's not a studio album, but this is right when around the time he releases Where the Light Is, which is ah, that live. That's where we get in your atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've only heard, I think, like acoustic versions of it. It's good. Did he do? Uh, did he do the? I didn't look at your set list. Did he do the little? After yeah. like eight songs, he does about three acoustic. Yeah, he did. Uh, it was funny. So, my college friend who's a fan was like, "Let's do it." I was like, "Well, Andy Two Iron Lack <laughs> is telling me to go, and like he's a fan. I think it'd be interesting because we want to talk about it." And um, I was like, all right, here's my, here's my price. I want a seat, like good seat. I'm not fucking around with this. If I want to see it, I'm going to go all in. You got good and, seats. Uh, I saw your videos. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like the second best seats I've ever had at a concert. It was just funny. It's like, this is the one, like, this is crazy. But guy, guy comes up, sitting next to us. It's like, Hey, did you get your tickets today? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, we did. He's like, Oh, nice. Yeah. I could tell. Cause I saw they were on like this dude's super fan. And uh, he's like, oh, I saw him. I've seen him, I think, like 15 times or something. I'm like, motherfucker, what? Like, he's only 45. He's seen him 15 times. And he's like, I was over here. But he was the guy that was yelling deep cuts. Do you hear about this? No. So he, so the night before, he was, like, requesting song. But he wasn't requesting a song by title. He was just saying, deep cuts, deep cuts. <laughs> like, back catalog. And Mayor referenced it. He's like, oh, last night someone was yelling, deep cuts, deep cuts. And he like loses his mind. And he was holding up his phone and it said, and I was looking at it, I was like, what the hell is going on? And it says like three, I was like, is that three times five? And I was like, oh, three by five. And he's holding it up, looking at it. And we were close and Mayor plays it. That's sick. But then the guy, he said, Mayor, <laughs> he's like yelling deeper cuts, plays, plays some old classic. And then the guy who was sitting next to me, he goes, Deeper. <laughs> like, what do you want to play? Bedroom demos when I was a kid. He he was not to get too sidetracked, but I he was he's good on stage, man. Like he is he is good with the crowd and he is funny. He's not a comedian. We could talk about that at some point too. But he's yeah. good. He's really charismatic. And I think it. I, he was interacting with the crowd in a way in LA that I thought was uh, very engaging. Yeah, um, you said this me. was your favorite show you've seen, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I what, liked his set list a lot. Okay. Yeah, his set list was great for. I, I it was interesting because I was you know I've I've seen him three times. One was at a benefit show. He was playing acoustic with a bunch of art, other artists. And then the other time was like when he was literally a kid. So it was kind of crazy to see it 
in such a long gap, but also I was like, what's he going to do? And the stuff you think it would translate well live really did. And even some other stuff, it was just kind of like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't get captured on record. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it and that's why I say, like, I think you kind of have to see him live to maybe get a little bit more of an appreciation for him. Do you, do you think he kind of falls into that category a little bit? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I think he was going to say he was. Yeah. It, there's a kind of a saying like every rock star wants to be a stand up, and every stand up wants to be a rock star. <laughs> and like John Mayer is literally the, like that's the Venn diagram of John Mayer. Yeah. Um, he wants to be like a talk show host too. He, he wants to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He get yeah. He even talks about that. Like he gets very obsessive on stuff and yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was good. It was a good start to finish thing couple little intros and stuff is like you know my god this guy's ego sometimes kills me yeah um but yeah i'm sure that was way worse back in the day but uh, yeah it was good i had a great time and it was just a lot of reasons like the players he gets to play with him are unbelievable um you know he's been doing it for so long too where it's just like this guy's a pro yeah he knows how to handle a crowd he knows how to you know deal with stuff and yeah or just perform, even if he's, you know, he's on tour and it's hard and he knows you, people. You always feel like out. you're in good hands with him. Like you, you always feel like he's steering the ship pretty well. Yeah. Not relationship wise, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, no, he knows he gets it. Like you're coming to see him. So he's going to play some hits you want to hear. Yeah. It's something that like Paul McCartney understands. I mean, these are like two different, he's in his own universe, but it's like Paul McCartney gets, he's Paul McCartney. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yes, I'm Paul McCartney. You're going to freak out. And obviously I'm going to do some Beatles stuff. I'm also going to, you know, I think he's almost 80. He opened his last album with like a five minute instrumental. It's like, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, but I think John Mayer also gets like, yes, I'm John Mayer. So I'm going to do some, cause he played uh, my body, your body is a wonderland. Well, early, I, I right. Saw, which I was kind of like, oh, live, like this is really good because they hit that little groove section of the song, yeah, and tossed it around the, you know, the stage, and it was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is good. You know what I thought was cool was he's kind of self-aware in that sense. So he he did Your Body Is a Wonderland fourth for us, and he said, okay, three for me, one for you, and then went right into Your Body Is a Wonderland. Damn, that's like, pretty that's good. Cool. Yeah, yeah, like he gets it. He gets it. You know, because yeah. he was that. He's that kid too still which is like the criticism that counting crows gets sometimes which is like he they just do really weird stuff Uh, that people are just like why are you like playing this stuff damn yeah Yeah. i mean yeah that's part of going to a concert and understanding like you know kind of your responsibility i think as a performer too sometimes yeah and mayor gets that balance right pretty well i think 2010 so 2009 he does battle studies this is like this is where things get a little weird for him so he does you know he does these two very uh we'll say revealing and controversial magazine interviews with rolling stones and playboy uh you can google those um and then he kind of withdraws from public life and he gets grand uloma on his vocal cords and he moves to Montana, which I think is actually still his primary residence is Montana. But 
this kind of comes right after battle studies, um, which I think is good. And it has a bit of a mixed critical reaction. I think it was the first, first album that I think it didn't do as well as the first three. And he later admitted to Rolling Stones that he didn't think it was his best. I think it's fine. It's like middle of the pack for me. You said this is kind of like, I remember when we were messed, this is kind of like the hipster answer. Like what's your favorite album? I think people, I think this grows on a lot of people. This is when mayor, this is when he like clearly started like smoking a bunch of weed and stuff like that. And I, I think there's some good songs on, on battle studies. I don't know who says is fine. That's the one he always plays. It's like, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that, like that's a not like a staple, but he'll go to that. As yeah, he goes to Who Says a lot. Yeah, I think that, like I think Half of My Heart is nearly perfect. It's like, a good song. Perfect. It's like because as like a John Mayer song, I think it's fucking so good. But he yeah. does like, goddamn annoying vocal overdub. Yeah. That he repeatedly <laughs> falls back on where it's like, this is so unnecessary, but it's so good. And it's got, you know, oh, I mean, we know who was on that song too, our precious yeah. American Taylor. sweetheart. Shout out Nagels if he's, if he's. I know, guy. I was just thinking, I was like, by the way, apologies to if anyone's listening, like this is not going to be as good as Sir Bagel and uh, Carlos on the Euphoria <laughs> episode, but I'm super honored to be here. I think Crossroads, that was really bad. Yeah. That's like, dude, that's like a song you don't touch. Yeah. Because that's like, you know, Robert Johnson and Cream, you know, that spawned thousands of guitar players. Yeah. That Clapton solo on that. And then um, Edge of Desire, which I think he Mm. played. He plays a lot. He likes Edge of Desire. Yeah. And he kind of, he does this sort of similar thing on uh uh what is it like oh age of worry where it's yeah. almost like sea shanty it's like guy goes to ireland once <laughs> you know what i mean there's a lot of that in his career yeah it's like yeah guy listens to one blank album oh yeah. i mean dude his his uh i think his paradise valley album cover is him and the dog it's like guy goes to montana once Dude, we'll we'll get there in a second. Okay, <laughs> it's just like, Dude. like I get it. I've been to Nashville. I got the hat. I know what's up. But yeah, sorry. So battle studies, you in or out? Where, where are we at? Uh I'm like, hold on. I oh, did. Heartbreak warfare pisses me off too. That production yeah, that song. Yeah, that, like when he kicks in the overdrive pedal and he's, oh, I was like, ah. Oh. You know what's a um a hipster one a really good one assassin have you heard assassin uh, you'll I heard a s- andy black <laughs> if you had any idea how much my fucking spotify end of year rap is so fucked now my youtube recommendations videos everything i ruined it everything <laughs> like people are worried they're like because i'm asking friends and stuff i'm like hey i'm going on like this really big golf podcast let's talk about john mayer like talk about john mayer and people are like scott i gotta check in bud what's you good bro it's so funny like this pet it's so good i love it i had two goals when i started golf twitter i was like i want to be on the 
I want to be on Andy Lack's podcast and the approach. Little did I know I'd be roasting John Mayer. <laughs> we all give what we want in life. We just, it just never looks like how you think, I guess. Don't forget goal number three, be followed by Brian Kirshner. Ah, uh, no, those, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Chris Powers is my best friend. Like, no. Pringles can hog Chris Powers himself. This will be a true test of, uh, of loyalty from, from Kershaw because he's never missed an episode from day one. But There's no way he's listening. No. <laughs> I, I asked, I, I was mad because he was roasting me because when I finally got like 100 followers, uh-huh. like, congrats. Like, all right, dude. <laughs> I get it. And I said, like, and the long game, man. Yeah, yeah, I get it, man. I get it. And uh, I, I typed his name, Brian, with a Y, and I thought he was going to block me. He was so mad. Yeah. I yeah, get you, it. If someone says Scotty IE, I get pissed. <laughs> Scotty with a Y, man. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time on Born and Raised or Paradise Valley. Um, <sighs> Born and Raised, uh, he described it as the most personal album. It got good reviews, actually, but was not a commercial not as much as of a commercial success this is when um this is a fun one uh dr gerald burke paralyzed mayor's vocal cords with a series of high doc high dose botox injections hoping that it would heal the granuloma so mayor actually wasn't able to talk for several months which delayed the release of born and raised i don't know i just don't like i don't find myself returning to it a lot is it mm. like low-key one of your favorites? No, I do think though, because I mean, there's some highlights and then there's just garbage. Yeah. Like, and I, I, that's for, like he was in a recording studio, they hit record and people were there getting paid money. Like, like, bro, you put this shit down? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then there's some, I think if you took half of Born and Raised and half of Paradise Valley, you have an unbelievable album. Really? Okay. What do you like on Born and Do you, I, I think, Something like Olivia is okay. He likes that one a lot. He plays that one a lot. I think, yeah. So Born and Raised, my highlights are Walt Submarine Test. Mm, he played Ray. that. He played that acoustic. It's good. That's been on like repeat all day today. Yeah. But also it's like, he's not writing in the first person there. He's telling a different story. I think that hurts him sometimes. Sorry. It's like, you know, you can write from other perspectives and stuff. Uh, Queen's great. I put age of worry, sea shanty, Irish question mark. <laughs> Shadow days. I just have one word or I just said, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm a good man. I'm a, it's like, what is <laughs> happening? What do you, well, he, that was part of that time where I think he felt, he kind of went off the map around this time. Yeah. And I felt like he, he, he had to do a little image rehabilitation. That is such a tough listen though. I know. I'm a good man with I'm a good, good heart. With a good heart. Like, John... Had a tough time and yeah, a rough like, start. <laughs> My yeah, shadow. Yeah, drop me in, bomb, John. We'll do that, bud. Um, if I ever get around to living, I think it's really good. And I think mm. I just wrote curveball. And, yeah. then, um, and then you hear what's coming as far as, like, the dead. If you listen yeah. to kind of the phase out in his guitar playing over that, it's very dead. Like vibe playing kind of slinky scaly sort of thing yeah which i thought was interesting and then paradise valley like wildfires awesome very paul simon like the intro of that sounds like 
a Paul Simon guitar player. Yeah, he did um, a Paul Simon. He did a Paul Simon yeah, cover. Yeah, he said that. What was yeah. it? You remember? Uh, let me find it. I think I have the. I'm a it Paul was. Um, he did. <laughs> Till the you can call me Al. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Acoustic? No, towards the oh, end. Oh man. Okay, that'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah, he did that right after slow dancing. Um, and you were right, by the way, about Prince. I didn't realize he did do Prince. He did the beautiful. Yeah, ones. and that's like, see, um, like I feel like he's stealing my ideas because that's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's like a low key under the radar. Yeah, he's got taste, dude. Yeah, my man's got taste. He oh, does. so Paradise Valley, it's like uh, Wildfire, Dear Marie. I think he has his. I like. I, I, I like Dear Marie. It's so, he says, I got that dream, but you got yourself a family. I got that dream, but it got away from me. It's just like, that's John Mayer, like psych 101. Yeah. He got exactly what he wanted, but it looks nothing like how he thought. And yeah, life now. That's kind of thing. And he's, he is self-aware about that stuff in a weird way. Yeah. He goes, Uh, he's like very not self-aware at the beginning. And then it's like, oh, he. He's okay. He gets it's it a little it. bit. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny. Cause my friend, a bass player, cellist Christian, like one of the smartest just dudes and music people. I know he talks about Mary. He's like, he uses the word self-aware a lot, but is not self-aware. It's <laughs> <laughs> like this guy constantly talks about self-awareness and then proceeds to just not be self-aware. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the uh who you love is i'm fine but like the yeah they do the parry vote like the laughing at the end is just so corny and fake i know i hate that shit they were dating at the time that was he was i think right i don't care like yeah (laughs) when people in music use that trick it's like so ingenuine and i think it's like dude i know you're full of shit right now yeah like and then it's like when adam mckay does the thing where he has the character start talking to you Absolutely. Like talking to the, you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. It's like, we get it, dude. Yeah, that, like, yeah. Don't, you don't need to hit us over the fucking head with a mallet like, on this one. Adam, I got it, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Go back yeah. to writing SNL. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Dear Marie is my favorite. Uh, I will be found. I just have the words Jesus rock on it. <laughs> um, and yeah. So I think, but if you took half of that and half of Born and Raised, I think you have his. Honestly, like his best album. What's interesting is this is the point where it's like, okay, like, have we lost John Mayer? Like, that's like, I think from a mainstream standpoint, he's not making radio hits anymore. Yeah, but he's still, it's kind of crazy. Like, I'm not saying that's bad. No, 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 me neither. But there's yeah. like tight, tightly constructed, you know, good songs on there. Which I, I think are I think is interesting that they're not quote unquote hits compared to some of those other stuff that are hits. Yeah, but that I mean that's just music. That's the industry. That's times and taste. So I do think. Yeah, I don't know. I think half of those are good. Half of those are bad. Half of my heart. Oh my god. Oh my god. Half my heart's great. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Let's um, go. Go search search for everything. This is he talked about how this was an album about. A breakup, but then three parts. Yeah, was really coy about who it was about, and did the musician thing where it's like, oh, this song isn't about this person. It's a, it's an amalgamation of 
right, right, right. Different things. Um, yeah, but I think always, that always full, always a lie, by the way. Yeah, always a lie, That's which is never, like, yeah. And that he had the whole thing with Taylor Swift. This was, oh no, he Paper Doll was earlier. But anyway, there's some I good songs that. on this. Yeah, great. Paper Doll is good. Um, yeah, like the first four of that album are awesome. And then it's just off the rails. Yeah. Um, Search for Everything, I think, is good. I like Love on the Weekend. Um, In the Blood is pretty good. Um, he performs Still Feel Like Your Man a lot. I'm probably a little bit lower on that song, but it's not bad live. Um, search for everything, like thoughts. I have a star by Helpless. I just wrote Helpless is good. Groove. And of course, he falls into a bad goddamn vocal overdub, which is he says you can like it's kind of buried and low in the mix. Um, where he's like, let's break it down. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we got it. We know you're gonna do the breakdown. Like, just stop it. Yeah. And then um I hate I, that. I hate when I hate when he does stuff like that. It is so cliche, cheesy shit, but it's like you don't need to do it. Stop it. I don't know if he thinks he needs to or he like genuinely believes in that kind of thing, but it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Um, and then I have I think Moving On Getting Over is one of his best songs. Great song. Yeah. Just, like, on. Production, vibe, everything is kind of like he just nails it. Yeah, he plays that one live a fair amount, too. I was bummed he didn't do it this time. Damn it. But yeah, those are my... I th- yeah, I think it's just kind of emoji of a wave. It's like, what are we doing? That's a, that's such a weird one. <laughs> that's yeah. such a weird one. It's kind of funny because he's sort of... He's always trying to be up on trends and stuff. And, you know, you kind of hear a lot of him trying to... Kind of, I don't know, like hip-hop influences or... It's just sort of, I don't know. I think when you go against the grain is when you really discover and hit on things. Well, we should also mention, I forgot to say, in between Paradise Valley and Search for Everything is when he uh, forms Dead & Co. And I've never mm-hmm. seen a Dead & Co. show. I, I, like I said, I'm not a huge Dead guy. Um, what do you think about this as like a career move real quick? Um, it's funny. Cause like I said, it's an, I spent, it's an interesting pivot. Yeah. I can't tell if it's him being snark, snarky and ironic. Yeah. Or just, isn't this funny? Like he's trolling himself and trolling us <laughs> and it's a huge paycheck. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Like, they right? sell, they, they sell out like soldier field and all that shit, huh? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's bad. It's bad. Really? Okay. I haven't seen it, but I've listened because there's so many of their live albums on it. And it's just bad. It's just like a cash grab. It's everything. Because what's his name? Ah, shit. Robinson. Chris Robinson, like, ripped this because he's a huge dead guy. And, uh, yeah, and it was interesting to watch because, like, I played – I've played with people who were big dead people and just yeah. like, Oh, you really got it here. Listen to 77 second set at Barstow. It's like, I didn't, I shouldn't have all these requirements to listen to something so obscure and specific to finally get in. It's like, you should always be on, you should always be good. Like the dead to me is just five people playing and, but they're all in five different bands. Dead Twitter reminds me of like golden age architecture, Twitter. Oh God, that's kind of scary. That's scary. 
And I mean, like people I play like, with. No, you don't like, understand. Like this, this, the the backslope of this green is is actually <laughs> modeled after the thirteenth at North Berwick. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, what? Yeah, I don't know. But hey, uh, I think the first thing I saw on him was him. It's like, well, you're with you know Dead and Co, and it's him backstage by himself in a dressing room, like talking about his like giant thing of like hats. It's like, I'm into hats now. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this is all right. You just want to go jam out for a couple hours, which I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Let's be real. That'd be fun. But do it's just th- kind of it's weirdly a safe choice, if that makes sense. Do you think the dead do you think like the hardcore dead fans like it? Because like it's not the easiest really thing stepping story. in for, for Jerry Garcia, but I feel like people they still fill those arenas. I mean that's that's part of it. I, it was kind of funny. Cause I mean, it's just like, are we getting a new guitar player? Like, who is it? John Mayer. They had to be like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. And you know, he like does interviews with Bob Weir and stuff. And it's like, no, 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 it's this, it's that. It's just like, dude, it's a hard, I don't buy it. I personally don't buy it. Maybe it is him being authentic and genuine, but it's also, it's just like, no, dude, you have, you have all the resources in the world. You have a treasure chest of cash. You could do anything. And like, that's your move. Like, come on. Yeah. Is he still do, is he still touring with them now? I think. I think- oh yeah. But I do wonder like, what's the next step? Cause once Bob Weir dies. Yeah. It's, is that it? Or is like John Mayer going to keep it going? But, Oh, by the way, front row, best seat in the house guy, shirtless, Leather jacket, bass, Grateful Dead. It was like so fun. I was just like, of course, of course. I mean, kind of a smart move. Like, you want loyal fans? Yeah. I'm dead. I don't. I mean, you know. Ugh. We'll we'll go to Andy. We're going to a show. Hundred percent. We're going to a show. Oh, when that's how, it's like Andy. We're, I'll fly down. You'll fly. We'll figure it out. Dude, a hundred percent. I think there is, I have, I want to look at his. We'll do that his, during John Deere classic week. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think at this point I'm, I may just like release this as, a, as its own episode probably. Cause we haven't even gotten to sob, sob rock, which I have a few takes. No, it's going to be an 18 part. Yeah. I mean, it's just like whatever. At this, shout out to my partners. We love, we love our partners. <laughs> Coma Pro, Andy. Rick Rundgren is awesome. I'm not joking. Like that's a great website, dude. You guys are doing great work. Thanks for letting me just yell at, yell about John Mayer. Like who'd have thought? Well, it's like you kind of reach this point where you're don't have to worry as much about being like, you're not in that growth phase anymore where you have to work. You have to try so, so hard, like to increase your numbers every week and increase your numbers every week and get more people to listen and get more people to check out. And it's like, I may be taking my foot off the gas a little bit too early. You could probably make that argument, but uh, no, I remember I reached out to you after, uh, uh sir bagels episode i was like really touched by it and oh just, that was a good one yeah people love that one in december yeah it was yeah. like very you know like 
I didn't see that coming. Yeah. You know, like Nagel's talking to me about how he loves, but just like him going through his personal stuff and, you know, marriage and kids and like, no, I really yeah. didn't. I, yeah, I, oh. and with Carlos, I was like, God, I was getting emotional all over the place. So I was like, this is really powerful, cool shit that no one else is doing. And like, yes, I do have other interests besides, you know, what McDonald course needs a restoration. The, um, when I do stuff like that, the messages that I get are the most enthusiastic mm-hmm. more so than anything golf related. So we'll, you're going to get a lot of hate for me ripping mayor, but that's okay. And I probably will too. I mean, that's okay. I don't think you're, I don't think you're really ripping him. Um, oh, I've made some unbelievable points. A hundred percent. I think everything you've said has been very fair and, and mannered. Let's talk about sob rock. Yeah, um, cause I know you're, you're an A. So I I think this, I don't know if this is about, I don't know if this is about him getting sober. The funny thing about, did you hear this story? I want to find this because I have this in his, in my notes. Um, John Mayer says in 2016, oh, he said this in his third episode of current mood. Mayer revealed that he had been sober since 2016 because he had a six-day hangover after Drake's 30th birthday party. Hey, man, it takes what it takes. Whatever it takes, buddy. I mean, I've I've had my battles with the bottle too, so I get it. But I've had a couple. I wasn't at, I'll tell you what, my lows weren't at Drake's, so they were much darker than that. Hard to call those lows, right? I know. I was like, God, I would, oh, I'd be... I'd keep it going. Oh man. Yeah. I don't, I don't, there's some, you know, I got to say about this album, it, it grew on me at first. I didn't love it and it grew on me in this tour that he's doing right now, the sob rock tour. So he's fitting some songs in there. I think he did like at least four or five off of that album. And it's not a long album by any means. I think the whole album's only like, 10 or 11 songs. I think, I think carry me away is good. New light kind of feels a little bit like, okay, I haven't been on the radio in a decade. Right. (laughs) How you doing? Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think it had convert. I don't like, I don't, I don't listen to the radio. It was kind of old too. Cause that was like 2018, 2019. He released as a single first. Yeah. And so then, yeah. And then, you know, global shutdown. Yeah. yeah, I think, I don't know. I, there's actually, it, it definitely did grow on me. I think there's some stuff on it that's awesome, but I also think it's like, I was, I was more disappointed as just like John Mary, the artist, you know, everything in like 2020 and also with like Lord's album where it's just, this is a huge opportunity for you to say something mm. and the world's shutting down. Like, Trump America, George Floyd, mm-hmm. like, it's just, there's so much. And you fucking hit me with, how come you no love me? <laughs> like, I, think he's, I think he's terrified, man. And we didn't really talk about the, we didn't talk about the Rolling Stones interview, but he's had some, some real black marks there that he's done a decent job recovering from. But, you know, I don't fault anyone to say that they're out they're just out on him after a couple things he said. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there's stuff on it, but it was just like so safe. It's such a safe record. Yeah. He's doing 
Mark Knopfler guitar off of like Dire Straits. Like you hear that a lot. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's the thing about, to get back to what I was saying about guitar, it's like, oh, you're doing Mark Knopfler kind of stuff and some little country stuff on, you know, it's like, I don't know what John Mayer tone is. And you get that now and it's just sort of, but I was just more like, dude, you can still do bangers and say something. I mean, I always point to Springsteen's Born in the USA. Yeah. Like that is one of the biggest albums. And he's talking about Vietnam, like Reagan America. Yeah. And it's like, you can be done. And it was just, yeah, I think you're right. He's terrified. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't even need to. <laughs> he he basically said, might as well since we're here, my dick is like a white supremacist. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he, this is he all before he moves to Montana and he uses a word in that interview that I will not say on this podcast. And then in his apology, he says, it was arrogant for me to think I could intellectualize a word that is so emotionally charged. Just like one of the worst apologies, like the, yeah. the way like, that he. <laughs> also saying you have a hood pass. Yeah. Is so like, bro, you're a white boy from Connecticut. Yeah. You've never had a hood pass. You never will have a hood pass. Like I used to live and work in the tenderloin. I'll give you some cross streets. We'll see how you do. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. And I know he's trying to be funny. He's trying to be like, dude, you're dropping N bombs and like in Rolling Stones. <laughs> in like Rolling Stone and Playboy. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. The fact that he still has a career, and I know, you know, times are different now, cancel culture and things like that. But the yeah. fact that he, I don't know, his publicist, his PR his agent, like, unbelievable. Because the way I, I'm just as fascinated by his musical choices as like his career surviving. Yeah. That's the thing. So he got, you know, he got dragged through the mud for that, rightfully so. And then he basically moves to Montana and kind of grows off the grid for, paradise valley and and born and raised a little bit and then he kind of comes back in like 2018 ish around the time that he does current mood and you know he wants to be a little bit more in the public eye again and he's funny on twitter and stuff like that but i don't think he has the balls to i don't think people would take him seriously by the way either yeah you know and i think maybe he knows that a little bit so i think he's just you know he made a bunch of mistakes when he was a lot younger and he got the like even with i mean if my if i had a public uh, yeah i'm sure i'd be a constant fuck up and uh some, Jesus, John. Yeah. No, I know that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I'm a fucking idiot, but I'm not. The, like, what? Are you that arrogant? He called Jessica Simpson sexual napalm in an interview, which I don't understand. Is that a compliment or a burn? I have no idea. <laughs> I think it's a compliment. It's got to be a compliment. Dude, yeah, I saw a thing today because I was like, friends texting me and stuff, and uh, it was he apparently broke up with Jessica Simpson like countless times via email. Oh my God. He like, would. What? <laughs> An email? Jonathan. I thought you were sexual napalm, dude. Yeah, like what? How do you, 
Email? Oh my God. Imagine if she posted those. That would be like, oh. He well, did it? She, the, she, did you see this? She wrote, she did a uh, biography yeah. and killed yeah. him. Yeah. I didn't read it, but I heard he got killed. You're telling me you didn't read Jessica's. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to stare me in the eye right now over Zoom. Mama Lack raised you better than this. Oh, Didn't man. Read it. No, man. What tournament are we saving that episode for? <laughs> we already got Bermuda. I don't know. Um, fuck. He did a... My buddy was coming on this. So that was like the 2017 article. And I think it's something along the lines of John Mayer, no, he messed up. Yeah, but, like once, and then he like he talks about self awareness all the time, and then he's doing the video for "Still Feel Like Your Man," which yep. has a lot of, yeah, you know, it's like what's like a white guy would think of, you know, like a Japanese cafe that a guy goes to to try to get, you know, it's like what the fuck is this? Yeah, and it's yeah. also my my buddy was so mad because he said he's dancing around with pandas. And it's like, <laughs> Pandas, are, pandas aren't Japanese; they're Chinese. I was so mad. I was like, "That's your okay, all right." But I, there's a quote he says in that article that I really wanted to get and get your thoughts on. If that's cool, yeah, please. Says, when he's talking about just his music and his thing and his choice, he says, "I do a thing. I have sensibilities. My instincts as a musician are not exactly my instincts as a listener." or a member of the world, but I believe that I am successful because I obey them. That's so a weird thing to say. Right? I think that was like, out of all the, all the quotes that I've been reading, I'm like, what? So you're playing or doing what you don't believe in or listen to or think like, that's like the artist, you know, write the book you want to read, write the song you want to listen to. Like, why would you, I don't know if I'm reading it wrong or what. Also, think, mem- member of the world makes me hat like, uh, you mean like a person? <laughs> what does that I even think mean? He, I think member he, pass. Like, what I think is he this? he tries to. I think he tries to over intellectualize sometimes. I think he Dude. tries tries to be the smartest guy in the world. And, He's very and, Phil and make big statements. Yeah, I'll give you another one. I wrote this quote down. So in 2008, he posted this quote on his blog. There is danger in theoretical speculation of battle, in prejudice, in false reasoning, in pride, in braggadocio. There's one safe resource, the return to nature. And then he deleted his blog and deleted his Twitter and moved to Montana. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. That's very like... Read like one Henry David Thoreau. Like, come on, man. Like, you got to be kidding me with this shit. Yeah, very like high dorm room Thoreau. Yeah, like, what? This is what, like, this is me. Like, I'm over it. You got to say that. That just ruined me. That's so awesome. It's on Wikipedia. I'm telling you. That's on Wikipedia. Dude, I combed that Wikipedia because it's unbelievable. Yeah, you can find some crazy shit on there. All right. Here's where I want to end. Where does he go from here? Like, what do you want to see from Mayer for the next decade? Um, And where do you think? And then I always like this question, but where does he like fit into music now? 
Um, do you think he was born a little too early? Do you think he was born a little too late? But like, what, how do you see him progressing over the next 10 years? And do you think that there's Uh, room, do you think he has another moment? Um, damn. I think I like the era question. Could you say that again? Do you think born too early, born too late, or I'm stealing that from, from Bill Simmons. Born, um, he talks about he talks about like basketball players like were they were they born for the right era? Oh, I, th- yeah. I wonder I wonder that with Mayer like was he born? I think, I think if he's born earlier, he gets smoked. Like he can't. I'm <laughs> holding a candle. Like are you yeah. fucking kidding me? I yeah. well no that's not true because if he was born like or if he was coming to his own like this is so nerdy like 57 to like 64. Mm. Because then he could be the white BB King, which he could. But after that, he's fucking done. Well, if he's born ten years later, is he like Sean Mendez? See, then that's what I don't. But I think that he's he's. This is the only era he he, he gets. He's yeah. done here. I don't think later he's. Yeah, because all the other quote unquote like guitar players, or maybe as a songwriter, he hangs in there because he can write. Radio friendly hits. Because who's but, like who's John Mayer today? Like who's his who's his modern comp of the last ten years? Fuck, I don't know. My nephew's getting pretty good. No, <laughs> he's, he's he's kind of he's kind of a one of one in that. Sense, yeah, right? which is weird because it's like <laughs> it's not changing the game musically or just as a person. Like he's some triple threat and he's in you know, like movies and this and that. It's because he changes so much, right? Like, I don't think there's as many people that every two or three years are like, eh, I kind of need to reinvent myself. But does he though? Because I don't think he does. <laughs> I think he just does like tiny little production tricks where it's like, now I'm going to do 80s stuff, but it's like still the same songwriting level as no such thing. Does that make sense? Yes, it and does I think make sense. Still, like, yeah. When when people get famous or when people hit, you're frozen. Yeah. If you get famous as a kid, like you're forever a child. Like, like fuck. Or I see this a lot in basketball players. Like they kind of come on, get famous and stuff. Like as a angsty teen, and like when you watch them in interviews or stuff or just on the court, they kind of seem like angry, pissed off teenagers. Yeah. Kind of frozen. But like if you get f- later in life you know, like, uh, what's it like George Clooney or something like doesn't really hit it or get on the, get famous. till he's like, you know, thirties, 40. Yeah. And he's kind of like secure. He's lived life. But I think mayor sometimes it's just this frozen 23 year old trying to get his dick sucked, which let's be real. I mean, that, that never goes away, but you know what I mean? Like his songwriting has kind of stayed there. I think going forward, it's like, dude, you have, all the fucking money you have, all the watches. I'd like to see him settle down with, uh, with, I think that's his new, like bodies and whatnot. Cause in those quotes where he's like, I'd love to, I'd love someone to throw my 40th birthday and settle down. And it's like, Oh, is this how you're getting late now? (laughs) Like, is this your move? I think I, part of me is like, where does he go from now? Like kind of scares me. Yeah. Like, and I'm being serious. Like, Fuck, dude. Like, where? Because it's not. You're 45. Like, the 25 year old chick thing is like getting a little. 
you know, I would love to see him rekindle with our girl, Minka Kelly, shout out euphoria. But I bet you she's probably, she's probably dating someone would be my guess. I think his like reputation uh, from what I've heard, I think, you know, the reputation is that he is, he's made a lot of mistakes that like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that John Mayer can't get laid, (laughs) but like, I think that he had, he doesn't have the best reputation based on the things he said and the the things he's done. And that's tough, but yeah, I think, well, to begin, I mean, the most important thing of this for me is like the music itself and like him as a player. And I think it's, one of my things is like, dude, make your electric ladyland Hendrix. Yeah. Go into a fucking studio. Like I have specific like amps and guitars you would use. I was like, I'm throwing your fucking PRS strat wannabe in the garbage. Like we're doing these amps. We're doing this guitar. Take all your goddamn pedals away. Just sit down and rip and play. Take some risks. Like do that. It's like, dude, Hendrix was doing that. It, I think 26. He does that fucking album. It's like, what was John Mayer doing? Daughters. Like you're 45, you have the fame, challenge your listeners, challenge yourself. I think that's like my biggest hope for him. Yeah. Come on, man. I would be pretty, pretty damn cool if he just, if he made whatever music he wanted to make and just kept touring and bang and crushing continuum and shit like that on tour. I would be like pretty damn, I don't need him to, and he, you know, it's interesting. He said this in his, maybe I'm, maybe I'm psychoanalyzing him too much. But one thing that he said in the concert that I thought was interesting was he was like, thank you so much for all the people that are out here tonight. Yeah. He did that too. My music. uh, If you're here, if you're listening, you have come across my music and you've discovered it because and you have to work hard to discover it which is kind of like okay are you saying that like radio has passed you by and like there isn't room for you in the mainstream culture yeah that's why it's like because he to say that it 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 kind of feels like he had maybe again the classics is he self-aware or is he not self-aware but he's like like, the least yeah it's like okay i'm trying to recover my image from like the playboy rolling stone stuff and it's like I'm going to do this video of, you know, like Japanese culture and all this stuff. It's yeah. Like, yeah. We thought a lot about it. It's like, did you? Yeah. And you it, know, it, like, stop it's, saying self-aware if you're not self-aware. It seems like he has, it seems like he knows that he doesn't, I don't know if he knows that there's a place for him anymore in, in, in mainstream culture, I think. Which is fine. Yeah. Like, dude, you're 45. Yeah. <laughs> You've been on a 20-year run. You've gotten enough box. Take a fucking breath. Like, oh, now you're doing, like, this is your version of, like, the pouty, doughy-eyed guy? I don't know what it is. Just watch Sex in the City reruns, bro. (laughs) Seriously. But it's just kind of like, yeah, he's fun. I think one word to describe him for me is just, like, frustrating. That's a great word. Yeah. Frustrating. Like, John Mayer is frustrating. Yeah. Cause it's just, and you nailed on the head. Like I would watch a goddamn 10 part last dance style documentary on him. Oh, me too. If it was just gloves are off. 
It's it's sitting there too. It's that, like it is sitting it's there. Oh, there. HBO There's Max. so much yeah. stuff there. It's, and I think that's what's so interesting to me about it was like just this guy that wanted to be Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like here he is, and he's like dancing around during like wearing '80s pants, and like what is happening? Like what a fucking career. So we're closing. We're closing it on this, but I. Uh... Did he do the white pants for you too? I think he's, I've seen videos of his other shows and it seems yeah, like he's just made of, the decision that he's going to wear those white pants for like every show. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he did white. <laughs> I just caught myself. It's like, am I talking about John Mayer's tour outfits right now? <laughs> on like, a podcast? On a, on a golf podcast. On a golf podcast. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know. I like Kisner in the 7K. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Oh, yeah. I'm always holding out hope, like you Ricky Fowler lovers, you know? Yeah. Like, damn it. Come on. Scott Holdridge, do you have anything to plug? Should people, I mean, there's like, there's a 0% chance that anyone's listening at this point, but for, oh, the, no. brave, for the brave souls, like where can they find your work on Twitter? Uh, it's Twitter only. I got off Instagram and uh, Facebook. So, you know, I'll put my phone number up and you guys <laughs> come yell at me. I'm that small and irrelevant. But I'm super grateful. Like, Andy, I'm a huge fan and you're such a good dude. And uh, give me this opportunity. Like, I'm like, really grateful. And like, especially during 2020, like your podcast was like such a big help. Like I was early on it too, like a couple. You were early. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just doing what you do, man. Like it, it's, it, it helps and it's great. And I'm super happy for you. And I can't believe I'll be in the canon now of. This will exist forever. No one can take this away from us. They, it, yeah. can, it can have two downloads and still we will, be, hey. we will have a grin on our face. Yeah. Two more than we started with. <laughs> also mama lack. When is she coming on? You need to get her on. She's so good, man. Like dated I, Don Henley. Like what the I, fuck? she, I, I asked her if she wanted to do a billions recap with me at one point or any of these shows, uh, that we love. Like, yeah, but she is so she works at Snapchat and she's, uh, she does. yeah, she crushes, she's crushing it at Snapchat and she's just, Dude, your whole family is like, okay, is it anyone suck? Me. <laughs> oh, you're the you're the one that sucks. Jesus. I'm the one that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Stud plays a two iron. Has a huge <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. You sh- you sure do suck, bud. Um, no, my brother's the man though. Too. My brother's about to graduate Princeton, so you're right. I am compared to him. Like, what's it called? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, well, I do feel like I'm the I I in the family dynamic. I definitely am the the underachiever of the bunch. But I appreciate. I'll, oh, I will. Man. I will. Uh, right. I will. I will tell. Oh, I'll show my, your family disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell my mom. I can't tell if I should tell her to listen to this one or not listen to this one. What? Oh, I'll, she's come on, <laughs> Scotty. She's gonna love Scotty. No, because I kind of blew her cover a little bit with some stuff. No, she says it's so cool. Yeah. You sound um, so great. Um, all right, Scott. Uh, hey, get to see you, buddy. You too, man.
All right, that's it for the show. Special thanks to Scott Holdridge. Special thanks to rickrunkit.com. And we will be back later in the week talking general DFS strategy with one of the sharpest minds in the DFS streets, Degenerate75. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Sports. You can follow Scott Holdridge on Twitter at Holdridge underscore Scott. You can follow John Mayer on Twitter at John Mayer. Good luck with the Zurich Classic, and we will see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where a mobile steel rims crack And the dead shinder back